Hey everybody, welcome to the For the Love Podcast special bonus series, Quarantine Queens. I hope you've been able to catch some of these special episodes as we are all, every one of us, learning how to create a new normal right now during this pandemic. So honestly, we were just like, what can we still do? Well, you know what? We can all still podcast. This is what we do from our homes. And so let's try to serve our community as as best we know how. So Mondays and Fridays are for Quarantine Queens and Wednesdays are for for the love. And we are in the middle of the Fierce Free and Full of Fire series, which all by itself is tip top drawer. I mean, we loaded that series up with our absolute favorites. And so anyway, just the podcast is here for you right now. Okay. I don't think we've needed today's guest ever more than now. You know him. We love him. He has led us literally for decades. Dr. John Townsend is in the house today. Well, He's in his house today, and I'm in mine, (laughs) but he's in our podcast house. He's a very internationally known leadership consultant, psychologist, New York Times bestselling author of so many books, including the extraordinary one that I have managed to cite in, I think, my last six books. He co-wrote it with Dr. Henry Cloud. It's called Boundaries Literally Changed My Life. We're going to talk about that today because after days and days and days of isolating all of us in close quarters with our loved ones at the same time, 24 seven, we just need some coaching right now about what does boundaries look like in this world? What does boundaries look like when we can't leave the house? What does boundaries look like when we're all up in each other's grill? Oh, wait till you hear this conversation. I was nodding my head off. He just put some very practical tools in our hands today on how to manage this well and how to serve our families well. I mean, I'm so happy you're here. I'm, this is going to be a useful podcast for you, and I'm glad you're listening. So grateful to him for leveraging his time. He is literally doing this around the clock right now, trying to serve the culture. So without further ado, here's my fantastic conversation with Dr. John Townsend. So thank you for being here in such a weird, weird time. We're just grateful for you. Thank you, Jen. Glad to be here. So We'd love to hear first how you're doing, like how many people do you have in your house right now? And what does it look like for you? Have you kind of settled into a routine yet? Are you are you drinking your own Kool-Aid? Are you putting your own like content to the test? It's kind of funny you ask that. I am an avid researcher, Jen. I'm kind of a, a research wonk from way back. That's where the books come from. And so I'm studying life in the home now and I am making, I'm I'm reading the research, I'm reading the blogs, I'm doing all the technical stuff, but I'm making a ton of notes on life here. And so I'm learning so much about what doesn't work for people during a time of crisis and quarantine and what does work. So yeah, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid as far as I know. We're interested in hearing like, what are your observations so far? Jen, when you look at life and guides for life, I mean, there are several sources, right? There's certainly the Bible where, you know, God laid out how life should be. Then there's great research. I'm a neuroscience person. Most of what I study is neuroscience to find out how the brain works in resilience and in troubled times and in great times and with love and relationships and all that. What it kind of comes down to for people that are doing well during this very difficult time and a time that we don't know how it's going to play out, which is gives us uncertainty. But there are two things that always make it come together. One is connection, relationship. 
We were built for attachment. Our brain is built for attachment. We might be doing social distancing, but we cannot go into social isolation. So one is relationship. You've got to be with people and people you can be vulnerable with you. Not just people you can say, how are you doing? Here's how I'm doing. But really get real and say, I'm scared. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I, I get frightened. I get anxiety. I get depression. You've got to be with people that can connect at that level. That's number one. And the second one is structure. We don't do well living in chaos. We do well when there's an order to life. That's why um, I'm working with my clients on a daily checklist of life of what goes on and, and how you're doing and a weekly checklist. Do you do the laundries or Saturday or Sundays? When do you take your shower? When do you work out? And we're finding that structure and connection really make the difference. Oh, that's so helpful. You know, I'm thinking about boundaries right now as we're all sort of in our homes with the same people day in and day out. A few days ago, having really done some of the things that you just said, some structure, some order. I accidentally came unraveled and I basically canceled my family. I'm like, everybody here is canceled. You're all canceled. I'm going to bed. It was nine o'clock at night. I'm just don't, I hope you're here in the morning, but I don't know, you know? And so I'm curious, a lot of us are, well, we're all kind of in an unprecedented time of which our normal disruptions to the day and variations are just not an option for us right now. And so One question I have for you, how do we literally draw some boundaries with the people when we cannot get away from them, when we cannot escape our homes, when we're under the same roof, when we have five kids and we have a tiny house? So I just love to hear your suggestions on managing one another well. Sure. There's a math to this, Jen, I think. The parenting pie can only have so many slices. And so you can't be 100% mom to five kids all the time. There's not, not enough you and everything's going to fall apart. So you have to prioritize your self-care, your alone time, and then what the kids need. Now, one of the big, big principles there is that the most vulnerable wins, meaning so what's the age of your kids? Two in college, two in high school, one in middle. All right. So guess who's the most vulnerable? The middle. One in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you had, if you told me it was a two-year-old, I'd say that one wins. So because the, the way that God works it and the way the neuroscience works it is that the one who has the least abilities and capacities and is the most helpless gets more of the support, nurturance, and help. So that pie is a slice of how much gen mom time she has. It's not equidistant in the five. It's not 20% times five. Most vulnerable gets more. And then on until, you know, once a college, you're kind of out and about figuring out their own life. So that's number one is most vulnerable wins. Number two is if there's not gen time where you're physically not around them. And that could just, if a wall separates you. So, you know, I've got some people that live in a smaller place too. that just say, hey, now I just become a, a headphone person. I'm sitting with my chair turned away from you. I love you. I'll be back. I care about you. I really care about your welfare, but I'm turning my chair around. I'm putting my headphones on because I need to listen to good teaching or just my own breath or a Bible verse or great music. And that's how they do it. So boundaries don't have to be, when when in times of not a lot of space, boundaries can be something you do where you basically are putting a boundary around your skin. My boundary is my skin. So I love you, but I'm in my skin right now because I got to get my tank full. That's so good. Thank you for saying that, for making that possible, because we're all sort of sorting through the rules right now, trying to figure out what they are on the fly. And, and, and by the way, check with them on that too. The age of your kids, 
they're not that dependent on mom anymore because the deep parenting years start about 11 or 12 when mom's not so cool anymore. So it's not like they're going to need you to read them a bedtime story. You got to say, hey, what are your boundaries too and respect that? That helps a lot. That's great. That's really helpful. And to sort of piggyback on what you just said, I've got these older kids. And so it's challenging right now because they too are trying to sort through their feelings. Like I have two seniors. I have a high school senior and a college senior. Both their senior years have just been canceled. None of their expectations are being met, what they were expecting. There's a lot of disappointment under my roof and everybody's sports seasons are canceled. Everybody's lonely. They're missing their friends. It's strange to manage right now as a parent because uh, one thing I'm noticing is that these teenagery types feel very frustrated by sort of the sequestering and the quarantining. They're rolling their eyes a lot and they are saying you're overreacting and Oh, they say you're overreacting, that you, mom, are overreacting by the quarantine? Yes, that, what, I can't have one friend? Oh, I Like, see. we I can't see. even go to one place. And so they're, I think this is just their frustration coming out sideways, and which is fair. We're all frustrated. And so as parents, and that's who's listening today, running the gamut between the littles who are actually, in some ways, easier to manage, not physically, of course, But if they don't necessarily understand all these emotional losses, how would you suggest we hold room for our big kids who have very sincere disappointment? It's not a joke, but it's coming out of their mouths in frustration and it's sharp and it's even like on the edge of disrespectful. Do you have any thoughts on this? Absolutely. I like that you said that it's serious because they're not just being, you know, idiot kids. They were built to leave and cleave, as the Bible says. They should be out there forming their social circles. Their life is their friends of these years. And so it's really legit for them to be unhappy, frustrated, because they're supposed to be spreading their wings. It's an awful thing for them, but their, their disappointment is legit. So let me give you three things. Express, attune, and action. Express means instead of doing our normal parenting thing where we say, look, you know, don't be too negative here. You say, I want to hear it. I don't want you to say these things to me in disrespectful ways. You can't call me names and use bad words, but I want to, you know, I want to be able to hear. I'm a, I'm a grown up. I'm your mom. I want to be able to hear how disappointed you are. Second part of that is, is of express is help them to move from frustration to sadness Because frustration doesn't get us anywhere. And frustration means I'm in protest against reality. I'm banging my head against reality. I don't like it. Where's my friends? And nobody ever grew with frustration. You need it. You need it at the beginning. But the second point is most important. Then they got to go to sadness and say, this sucks. I'm sad. I miss my friends. You can work with somebody who's sad. It's hard to work with somebody who's frustrated. So point one is help them express it. Be the parent and say, I can handle it all. Just be respectful. Number two, attune to it. And attuning is the most hardest thing for a parent to do because we want to give answers. We want to give them perspective. Well, think about it this way. Totally. It's really the worst thing we can do in this time so right. because we're answer-oriented, we're problem-oriented. We want to help them. No, 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 no. You've got to attune. Well, what does that mean? It means to be empathic and say things like, I know, I can't imagine at your age. This has got to be so hard. You miss your friends. Tell me about Sally. What do you miss about Sally? I really get it. I, I identify with it. Because what we're finding out, when you don't have choices, nobody can solve the problem. You've got to have somebody attuned to you. What does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 1. We comfort each other with the comfort with which we're comforted. Attuned. Be empathic. You're not solving my problem. 
I know. It's so hard to have a mom that you wish could solve your problem, don't you? It's tough. Attune. Number three, this is all what we call emotional regulation. You should see your kid kind of coming down off the ceiling now. They're regulating now. Instead of going crazy and, you know, jumping around and being frustrated and all this, they should start slowing down. This is an instant. This is what happens. And then you go into, okay, having established that I know you think we're unfair and I know you think we're not cool and we're not, we're overreacting, but those are the house rules. And that's sad too. It's sad that you have our house rules. What can you do? Is it puzzles? Is it limit to digital? Do the digital world, but what else can you do? Is it taking walks and get them to action steps? But you got to do them in that order. Helping them express from frustration to sadness, attune to them without fixing it, and then say, once we've connected, what's your, what's your action plan? That's great. I feel like you just charted my day. I Now I have a plan for this very day that I am living in. Thank you for that. Let me ask you this. This is the next thing that I'm hearing from my community and I'm experiencing in my own life. You know, this is a real pressure cooker for almost everybody I know. There's only a handful of people whose jobs are not affected, whose financial futures are unchanged. So, you know, this is a lot of pressure and it's a lot of stress, not just the constant togetherness, but then just the big unknown in front of most of us. And so what I'm noticing is that a lot of us handle it differently than our spouse does. Like, for example, I'm a very, very natural introvert. I like to be home. This doesn't feel like a punishment to me. In some ways, it's a reward for you, right? I feel like I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm poking in coach. I mean, and so, but my husband, Brandon, is an extrovert and he's a real high activity guy. And, um, and so, we feel this stress differently. And so I wonder what you might say to those of us who are married in the middle of this. So we're managing our financial futures, we're managing our kids and their frustration, disappointment. And then the two of us are maybe not connecting well, or we have different ideas on how to approach this or our frustrations look differently. Any thoughts on marriage right now? Absolutely. Are you up for doing a little role play on this? It's a good teaching model. Okay. So yeah. you be Brandon and I'll be Jen. Okay. And I'm the natural introvert. This isn't hard to me. And, and poor Brandon, he's, he's wired different ways. So I'm you and I'm going to be the healthy you. And we'll kind of see what happens. So honey, I understand that you don't feel connected to me in this life. And I know this is harder for you than it is for me. What's going on with you? I want to know and I want to help. Mm-hmm. And I'm Brandon right now, right? You're Brandon. Uh-huh. Well, I just want to get out of this house and I'm worried about everything that we have to manage. And I feel like a caged animal. Honey, I'm so sorry. Knowing how you love to be an, out there with the life and, and social and extrovert and active, I can't imagine how how frustrating. And plus, you know, you're worried about money and I'm worried about money too. How, how can I help you, sweetheart? See, you're already being a better Jen than I was. What would the other Jen have done? I think that what I am doing right now is hurrying it along to, yes, but this is just how it has to be and we have to do better. Yeah, you, you got it. That's what we're all doing and we're all having to not do that. Yes. Yes. It's kind of what you said about the kids. It is very much. Just let it be. Mm-hmm. Let the feelings be what they are. But it's more than that, Jim. When we look at the neuroscience, it's more than just let them express it. They need to know that they're not alone and that they are understood. Here's one thing I'm training people to do is instead of like, well, okay, you've got your feelings. Tell me your feelings. Okay, I'll go have a cup of coffee now. Well, that's no good. Look at it like a light switch current. They've got to know, they, they just said, this is awful for me. I, in my new book, People Feel, I call it being in the well. I'm in the well of being overwhelmed. I'm in, in the well of being frustrated. I'm in the well of being unhappy. I need to know that I can say what I need to say, but that's not it. That's the first part. The second part is 
I need to know the other person really gets it. So here's what I'm training people to do is that you then say, Brandon, I feel so helpless because I would love to do something for you. And I know how you're wired is so hard and it must be awful. And then he goes, whatever. And then you say, so did I get it? And he goes, no, you didn't get it. You get, you, you, you preached at me again, or you told me three solutions. That sucks. I want something else. Let me try it again, sweetheart. It feels like you are just all this responsibility and you are just so angst ridden with all this and that you just, you're not even comfortable in your own skin. Did I get it? Keyword. Did I get it? And then he goes, yeah, you kind of get it. What Brian is saying is I'm not alone in the well anymore. Jen's in the well with me and it's better. We didn't solve the problem, but it's all about I'm not alone anymore. So yes, express, but two, you got to say, did I get it until they go, okay, you're getting it. That's great. That's great. You would be an amazing husband to Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) That's helpful. That is helpful because that gets us to the other side of like the big helpless feelings just together. Helpless feelings are best suited by the other person gets me. All we really care about these days, I certainly want answers and we're waiting to find answers, but what we really want to know is somebody else gets how sucky this is for me. That helps me. My anxiety is dropping a bit. My angst is dropping because somebody's there with me. Let me ask you this question, um, Dr. Townsend. So I mentioned work earlier. Obviously, I bet a lot of your clients, this is a big category of fear right now and, and uncertainty, which is the worst. And so strangely, I was thinking this this morning as I was sitting, I have a separate office in my backyard with a door and I come into it and almost, except for the travel portion of my work, almost everything is the same for me. My work is located online and via computer and it's remote and I have an office to do it. And so a lot of my stuff is unchanged. Now, a ton of my friends are finding themselves right now working from home in an industry that absolutely doesn't easily translate to that. I'm thinking about the millions of teachers right now who are trying to relocate their entire classroom to the internet, you know, and that just doesn't always work well. And so here we all are working from home, be it students or professionals. And so when I think about sort of your instruction around boundaries, I have some just real pragmatic questions here. How do we you know, we only have so many laptops in the family. Our kids are online now for school. We are online for work. And then just there's the time question. Who who goes where? Like, how do we time slot this day out to get it all done? Do you just have any thoughts at all about how to structure our lives and put boundaries around the day so that we can all sort of meet our goals in this weird new world? I look at this as a time and energy problem. It's almost like the math we talked about, about how much kid time do we get? How much alone time do we get? Is if we weren't in this crisis, you'd be saying, we'd all be saying, okay, so-and-so has got soccer practice. So-and-so has got to study for geography. Hey, I got to go to work. You got to work. And so we only got to get the two cars or the one car. How do you schlep kids back and forth? And so what that takes is somebody who's good at it. Right. (laughs) We're in a different situation, but it comes down to the priorities of who needs what. And if Brandon is better at that, I mean, I have people just get a big piece of paper out and say, here's our calendar. And you've got this and this and this. And somebody says, but I got to hit this. And so you have those conversations and hopefully everybody's reasonable. But here's the thing. Well, number one, somebody's got to be organized. Number two, somebody's got to be able to say, this is a would be nice 
And this is a necessary. Got it. So what the government calls essential and non-essential. Somebody says, I've got to be online for six to seven so I can watch SpongeBob with my friends. I mean, I just need that. And somebody says, wait a minute, I'm going to flunk my test. That person wins. The second person wins. So the big picture person who's good at organizing, if that's you or that's Brandon or one of the kids, and also the person that says, guys, we, you know, we're in a tough time series. So what is a would be nice? And we'll try to make that happen. But what's, what's a gotta have? And then hopefully people will say, you know, I get it. And I'll sacrifice for you and you'll sacrifice for me. I think that's great. And I've been telling my community right now when it comes to everything, parenting, organizing, managing, that we're going to all have to give each other a big, generous, good enough. That's just huge. You just won the lottery on that one. A good enough (laughs) because the perfectionist has got to have it all. I mean, number one, it's not going to happen. Number two, you're going to alienate everybody that loves you. We're giving more these days and we have to, and that's actually a good thing. That's right. A hundred percent true. So let me just wrap up here with some quick questions that we're asking just off the top of your head. We're asking all of our experts in the quarantine series this because it serves us also. What for you particularly is either a practice or a habit that you are putting into rotation right now that's keeping you grounded that we may be able to learn from? Maybe something you've always done or maybe something new. I can tell you the number one hands down. Because like I said, I'm, I'm my own lab rat. So I study this stuff so I can write about it. Regulate yourself in the morning. Regulate yourself before you look at the news. Oh, that's good. It's huge. I did this whole thing where I would, first thing I would do, I'd, and I'd wake up, I would check the news and I would feel awful for like an hour because the news is all bad now. And so what I started doing is you wake up and whatever makes you feel good and prepared for the day. For me, I mean, if you have time to work out, great. I'm not sure you can make it through a whole workout without watching the news, but, but as long as you can go. But your shower, showers are a great thing because they put all the ions in your business and your, and your, your body. And the cup of coffee you have and saying hi to somebody you love and reading a Bible verse or whatever, it's all about ro- emotional regulation. Look at it as preparation. And then you know, maybe your preparation takes five minutes, maybe it takes an hour. Mine's somewhere between five minutes and an hour. Then you say, I'm ready for the bad news. You've got to be prepped for it. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, a lot of bad stuff financially. Yeah, a lot of bad stuff in COVID, but I was ready. Do not, do not, do not wake up. And first thing you do, go to the news. That has been the life changer for me and my clients. I love that. I couldn't agree more. It's sticking to kind of a normal, ordinary routine for me in the morning, breakfast, put on clothes. Because I work from home. I can just be, you know, every man for himself. So helpful. Make the bed. The bed is the largest thing in the bedroom and it's huge and it's dominating the room. Make it so you feel decent. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny that you're saying that because even I have done that and I'm a chronic infamous non-bed maker, but it's making me feel orderly. (laughs) It's making my brain feel orderly and that's helpful. Remember, we said it, it comes down to relationship and structure. That's the structure. Jen, I am starting a live weekly Facebook live with helping people every week about this crisis. And it's got a title to it and it's called tools for living in crisis, TFLIC, TIFLIC, tools for living in crisis. And every week I'll be on Facebook live. People will be able to see me for free. Just they just got to go to the events tab in Facebook. And I'll be talking not on a pre-recorded video, but I'll be talking about some tips that'll help people. And then I'll be answering questions from the Facebook people. So it'll be very personal, very intimate and very practical oriented. So beginning 
April 1st, we will be on from 1.30 to 2, and we can go longer if we need to with if the questions build up, Pacific time every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, 1.30 to 2 Pacific time, live, personal, I'll be answering questions because I want to have something with continuity in an age of uncertainty. I want people to know, hey, I got Wednesday at 1.30 and I can talk to Townsend about this. That's great. Thank you. What a service to the community. I think we're looking for our teachers and our mentors to lead us well right now. And so listeners, I will make sure you have all the information you need on that so that you can pop onto that Facebook live and participate in that awesome resource. Here's the very last question. Dr. Townsend, I asked you this last time you were on the show and you can answer this literally however you want. What is saving your life right now? Can I give two things or is that not legit? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Two things saving my life are the people that I love that fill me up, that I can fill up. And now there's a little more time and we are even going to deeper and richer conversations. And it's wonderful. That's number one. And number two is my guitar. Oh, nice. Great. I didn't know you played. I come from a Von Trapp kind of family. My mother was a an opera singer. My dad was a jazz pianist. Me and my sisters, we kind of did little tours around with the family. Wow. My sons and I have a band. We're called the Bandits. We play songs. Oh my gosh, I love we it. We play like Led Zeppelin and sure. we play, you know, Sublime and all kinds of fun stuff. And so the guitar is a happy place for me. That's fantastic. My college senior has decided since he's stuck at home with his parents, instead of finishing out his college experience, that he's going to learn to play the guitar. So he is on YouTube and he is teaching himself and it's just delightful in the house. I'll tell you what, if you learn three chords, you can play 90% of the songs out there and it's a happy thing. That's what he said. Oh, that's great. And you're great. And I want to thank you again for coming on the show today and just jumping into action when the community needs you. I knew we could count on you. And I heard you say some things today that are really going to serve me right now. I'm hopeful they're good for my listeners, but if nothing else, you have resourced me with some really great approaches and reminders. And thank you so much for saying yes to this. Jen, I just want to tell you something similar. Thank you for being on the front lines. I can feel how much you care for people. That's why your people are so dedicated to you. That's nice. So thank you for doing this. Thank too. you. Thank you. Send in love to you and your home. Same to you. Isn't he so great? I just appreciated what I heard today. Let's just go in the well with each other. And that is enough. It's enough to stay with one another right now. We don't have to solve it and fix it because we literally can't. That made my shoulders relax hearing him talk today. I hope that was useful for you. I hope that you heard something that speaks into a a pain point that you are experiencing at home right now. And so we have more to come, you guys. We have more incredible experts and practitioners in all the areas that we need instruction right now. We want this to be a very pragmatic series for all of us as we try to do this well and emerge loving each other (laughs) and still intact, right? And so as I mentioned, Quarantine Queen episodes will drop on Mondays and Fridays right now. And then The For the Love regular podcast is still dropping every Wednesday, and we're in the middle of the Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire series, which is literally Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire. So exciting. I'm just a couple of weeks away from releasing the book of my heart to you. And I know now at this point, it's going to serve you well right now. 
I know it is. I didn't ever expect to release a book right into the middle of a pandemic. And while everybody was home and afraid and isolated, but I now know how much those words are going to serve you. And I can't wait to put it in your hands. I know the coronavirus has upended so many of our plans, and that includes my big live event that was supposed to happen April 14th. But I don't know if you heard the news, but I am delighted to tell you two things. Number one, the April 14th in-person live event has been rescheduled for September 9th in Dallas, same venue, September 9th. And most importantly to everybody listening, number two, the April 14th event is also going to be transformed into a webcast, woo! which will be coming straight to your screen on April 30th, April 30th. And my lovely special guests that were going to hang out with us, Brene Brown and Angela Johnson, will still be joining us for the webcast the greatest women. And now so many more of you are going to get to experience this. So how do you join the webcast fun? Super easy. You guys first, if you already bought a ticket to the Dallas event, you're in. Okay. Second, if you've pre-ordered my new book, fierce, free, and full of fire in any format, any vendor you're in. And third, if you're in the Jen Hatmaker book club, you're in. So all you have to do is go to jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event and register for the webcast. So easy. You have to register even if you're in one of those categories. That's just kind of how the platform works. So go register. And if you're not eligible for the webcast yet, we want to have you. We would love to have you. So to be eligible, you can either buy tickets to the rescheduled live event on September 9th or just pre-order the book. Pre-order, fierce, free, and full of fire, any vendor, any format, and then boom, go register for the webcast. That's it. That's how you get in. So how fantastic is this? How fantastic is this? We are so excited to bring this to you. You can do all of these things at jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event. So love you. The podcast community here loves you. Laura and her team, Amanda and I, we are so on your side and it is a joy to serve you well and your families, your marriages and your neighbors. So with great love to you until next time. Mm -hmm.